Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 296 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Kit Triez. Kit lives in Bristol in the United Kingdom. And he is a cabin crew manager for an airline. Welcome, Kit. Hi, Jen. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, it's so nice to talk to you. And I always love to hear a British accent. So (laughs) (laughs) you're like, what accent? This is just how we talk. (laughs) (laughs) But it's great to talk to you today. And you know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Yeah, sure. So it was a bit of a mistake, really. So um, I ran into a friend of mine. This must have been September 2021. 
and she was looking really well. I hadn't seen her in a while because of COVID and stuff and just our working schedules. And she looked really well. And she was mentioning about this intermittent fasting and she was telling me that she was just eating between 12 and 8. And that was it, really. She sort of said the name of who she was following on on YouTube, I think it was, but I can't remember the name. And every time I've asked her since, she can't remember either. Um, From that, she was doing it a little bit differently. It definitely wasn't the clean fast as we do. She was um, sort of like waking up in the morning and then taking apple cider vinegar and then continuing her fast through to about midday. So I sort of thought this was the way to do intermittent fasting. So I went, I did a tiny bit of research, not much at all, went to the shop, got some apple cider vinegar to start the next day. And I started doing 11, so eating between 11 and 7. So I was waking up in the morning, going downstairs, having my apple cider vinegar, going for a run. And I sort of didn't feel hungry until 11 o'clock. And then maybe I was doing some research on and on a few weeks coming. And then I found your podcast and the rest was history, I guess. <laughs> I love that. You know, that that is that is so funny. You know, your friend was doing apple cider vinegar. So you're like, that's what I'm going to do too. Yeah, I must be the only way. That's the way everyone does yeah. faster. Yeah. Yep. And I remember actually back in the day, I can't remember. It was when I was on my whole diet struggle years. There was something that I read about apple cider vinegar and honey and water. And if you drank that, you would just drop the pounds effortlessly. This wasn't, you know, fasting. It was just drinking this concoction. So, of course, you know, I tried that because apple cider vinegar has such a, you know, I mean, it's good for our bodies. It's just, of course, not fasting. But I remember like, okay, this is going to magically make me lose weight. Exactly. This is the magic trick. (laughs) This is it. It's got to be the vinegar. But by the way, I will say apple cider vinegar is a great addition to an eating window. It's just not not part of a clean fast. But so you were you were going until 11. How long did you keep doing that with the apple cider vinegar before you learned about the clean fast? It wasn't too long, really. I think it was about maybe three weeks or a month. And then after that, I was listening to this podcast and I started listening to it on my drive to work. My commute's about an hour and 45 minutes. So I used to be able to fit in one and a half <laughs> one yeah. and a half episodes so that was fantastic and then I was hearing people talking about this clean fast and so this was yeah this must have been October 2021 and then I gradually found some Facebook groups the intermittent fasting UK one and then right. I sort of learned what a clean fast was and believe it or not having apple cider vinegar in your off eating time wasn't <laughs> wasn't a clean fast <laughs> So that wasn't very long. You didn't do that for very long. Did you notice a difference when you switched? Because you had been fasting till 11. Did you change anything up after that? It gradually got a bit shorter, but it depended on my um, schedule, whether oh, I was yeah. off work and things like that. But it was, I think it got a little bit easier, actually, as time yeah. went on. Yeah. I would think that it would. You know, I I actually experimented with apple cider vinegar at one point after I'd already lost all the weight. When I was really figuring out the clean fast, this was probably... I'm not sure, 2017-ish. I'm not sure. But I was like, you know, it's cold. I love the taste of apple cider vinegar. I'm going to put it in my hot water and I'm going to drink it when I'm fasting and I'm going to see. No, (laughs) I was so hungry. It made such a difference. I was like, all right, definitely not 
part of a fast. That was part of the part of the journey for me. But it, it is something that would be soothing in an eating window. Yeah. I think it sort of suppressed the hunger for some time, but then it just came back with a vengeance. And it just yeah. Really hungry about quarter to, quarter to 11, 11 o'clock. And then yep. that was it. <laughs> yeah. That, that's what I found as well. It just, it made me hungrier than if I hadn't had it, like down the line. So that's never a good sign. Things might feel like they're suppressing hunger, like, for example, cream in your coffee, but I mean, it's food. Pizza would also suppress hunger. (laughs) That doesn't mean it's good for the fast. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you found the clean fast early. That that makes a difference. Definitely. So when you started, you said you had a friend that was doing it and your friend looked really well. Did you need to lose a lot of weight? What What was your motivation for fasting? No, this is how I sort of came um, and found it by mistake, really. So I've always been sort of a normal weight from maybe yeah, 16, 17, 18. Now I'm 25. So no, I didn't need to lose any weight. But so I sort of always like to challenge maybe with my health and things. So I sort of run every day. And I've started, I've tried to go vegan. So this is like another, almost like a challenge that I wanted to do. And I've always, I've sort of heard about intermittent fasting over the years, but never really looked into it until this um, time when I heard from my friend was doing it. She, I guess, needed to lose a little bit of weight from, you know, post-COVID like a lot of people did. But um, no, I didn't. So it's more just of a health, health challenge. <laughs> well, I love that. I love that you, first of all, that you are 25 and you're an intermittent faster because now at the age of 25 getting really great control of your your health now means that you're probably never going to <laughs> struggle with your weight like I wish I could go back in time and tell my 25 year old self about intermittent fasting yeah you know I just can't think of any other way of eating now I couldn't imagine having you no know, three meals a day or you know, spanning out eating from seven o'clock in the morning to 10 o'clock at night. I mean, I'm so glad I found it this early in my life. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's really true. So you said that something that I wanted to explore a little bit. You said you tried to go vegan or do you still do that? Or was that just something you did for a while? I've been vegetarian for quite a long time, maybe four or five years. And then the last maybe year, year and a half, I've been pretty much 99% vegan. It's quite hard when I'm away with work because sometimes you got to eat, eat on the go and right. some things have a bit of milk in and whatever else. But pretty much at home, I'm yeah pretty much 100% vegan, but have to dather in and out of it when I'm away, <laughs> away with work. Yep. That makes a lot of sense. And so you're, you're choosing it for health benefits and not for an ethical reason? Yeah, more for health benefits. Uh, the, um, you know, there's a great byproduct of it being great for the, you know, environment and animals and such, but yeah, more for health. Yeah. I really enjoyed eating that way. Did you, have you heard me talk about my whole food plant-based experiment? I was about to say, yeah, that's coming out in your podcast that I'm listening to now. So I'm intrigued to find out what happens. Well, (laughs) I'll just tell you (laughs) (laughs) since it hadn't come out yet, but I was going to do it for 90 days, but I did it for 60. Okay. And I was a hundred percent whole food plant-based for those 60 days. I started like October 26th or so and and made it through the end of December, right around the 60-day mark. And it was just like you said, at home, it was so much easier to do it. But the day that I was like, I I just can't, (laughs) was when I was out. I was at a restaurant and we'd been out a couple days before on Christmas Eve. I, I went through Thanksgiving, I went through Christmas, but I was wanting to, you know, have 
bread and dipping it in pesto. I'm like, I can't dip it in pesto. Pesto has dairy in it. And then I'm out at a restaurant on maybe the, the day after Christmas. And I'm like, I can't order anything here. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I just can't. It's hard to do it away. And so I reintroduced everything. But I'm, I am more vegetarian at home than not. And definitely have days where I'm still whole food plant-based. Yeah, I think that's you know, the best thing if you go in and out of it, but are mostly whole food plant-based. It's got to yeah. be great for your health. I think so. I, I guess, what's the word? Flexitarian? Is that exactly. what they're saying? Yeah, people like that term now. I don't know flexitarian. Well, <laughs> well because you know me <laughs> and, you know, my book Clean-ish. And, yeah. <laughs> and I have never been one who can do well with restriction long-term. And, you know, as I talked about, you know, I, I started this experiment not to lose weight. That was the interesting thing. Every time I've ever changed what I was eating in the past, it was always to lose weight. I just wanted to see how I felt. And I felt amazing. So I know that if it was easy to eat this way all the time, I probably would do it. But you know who didn't love it? Chad. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't like that I wasn't using butter. Mm. He didn't like that there was no meat ever. So he was really glad. And I was like, all right, butter is back in the house. Yeah, I guess it's a big difference cutting everything out at one point for the whole 90 or 60 days. I mean, he was a trooper because I did it. So at one point I got butter for him. I was like, all right, look, I know you want to put butter on bread. Here's the butter. Go (laughs) go ahead. (laughs) <laughs> and I learned I don't like substitute things. No, like I, do I. <laughs> no, I don't like, you know, vegan cheese mm. or vegan butter. I don't yeah. like any of that. Vegan I'd bacon, rather... have you tried that? <laughs> vegan bacon? Yeah, that sort of thing. No. Vegan meatballs, no, no. No, no. Like I like, I, I love like a black bean burger, but it yes. just, you know, it's not like pretending to be meat. It's just, it's a black bean burger. But the really the meal that made me decide no, <laughs> was when that last day I was like, you know, I've never had these Impossible Burger or whatever they're called. I can't remember if it was the Impossible Burger brand or the other one that's so big. But I'm like, you know, I'm just going to try this and see. I was like craving a burger. I'm like, I'm going to have this Impossible Burger instead. And, you know, it'll be a whole, it's not, you know, whole food, but it's plant-based. It's, it's we'll see. And I was like, no, I would have been better off just to have a burger, exactly. <laughs> a real burger. I remember I was on um, one trip to the States. I think I was in in LA and we went to a yard house. We don't have them in the UK. So all these different brands that you guys have, it's almost like, you know, it's a fun day out for us. And um, they had these um, impossible chicken wings. And I thought I'd never tried them before and I tried it. But it tasted so much like meat. It was almost really weird because you thought, are you eating meat? Is it not? Right. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't, didn't enjoy that experience. <laughs> yeah. And so the really what made me made me think about that was that I feel like my body would have been better off to have beef than the, the impersonating beef. Exactly. <laughs> so I was like, all right. ingredients in as well. And it just isn't good. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But anyway, I'm glad that I, I experimented with it. And it helped me learn that my body really does well the more vegetables and things like that, that I put in there. Whole grains, they work really well for me. It's a great outcome to have at the end. Absolutely. It was a, it was a good experiment and I'm not going to say that I'll, you know, never eat a meal that's, (laughs) because like I said, I'm mostly, mostly vegetarian, but flexitarian. Exactly. 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 So did you lose weight? I know you didn't need to, but did you? 
I don't think I did really. I, I don't weigh myself often because we don't have scales in the house. And it's normally if I come across some scales in a hotel or something. But I think I'd say consistently between, yeah, 65, 66 kilos. All right. Yeah. I don't know what. <laughs> I mean, I'm to... sorry. I, I should have done so That's well. A, no, no worries about that. But so it's a healthy weight for your body. You're at a good weight and you've pretty much maintained where you were before. Yeah, exactly. I think so. I think so. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium, and specifically, Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. So you mentioned that you're a runner. Do you run in the fasted state? I do, yeah. So I always run in the morning. The first thing I do in the morning, so before work or anything I'm doing, yeah, try and wake up early. Similar to you, I'm a bit of an early riser. Not so much as 5 a.m., but maybe 6, 7. Yeah. But earlier in the summer. So yeah, I always wake up, go for a run, and usually do between, yeah, um, what about, between 8 and 10 miles. Usually. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And um, then I come back and I would go to work in the fastest state too and don't open till a bit later in the day. So did you notice when you were transitioning, because you were a runner prior to intermittent fasting, when you were adjusting and, and new to fasting, did it affect your runs? And would you say your runs are different now than they had been before you were? Yeah, a little bit of a transition because uh, prior to intermittent fasting or starting, I used to, um, I don't know if you have them in the States, they're called Barocca. They're like... Um, health like vitamin sort of supplements that physical I don't water. know Mm-mm. I'm not sure so I used to have a couple of those in, in water before I went on my run and that was sort of my wake-up energy and then have the run and but oh yeah before I used to eat as well so I used to have like a couple of rice cakes because I thought oh I need to eat before I go on my run and that was sort of how I yeah used to run and do these runs come back and then have breakfast sort of right after so I guess um, the transition from that to not eating at all. That was a little bit difficult, just having water in the morning. But not for too long, maybe for a couple of weeks, a week, a couple of weeks, and then it sort of became the normal way to run. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. When your body is flipping that metabolic switch, 
it can be difficult to keep up with your regular exercise routine for a while until your body is adapted to fasting. But now your runs are great, wouldn't you say? Exactly. Yes, pretty much. When I look on the app, it's the same sort of time as it as it always used to be. So I think, yeah, it's no, not negatively impacted it. And I think positively, really, because it must be, it's completely nicer to run on an empty stomach than with, you know, rice cakes inside you and those of, yeah, whatever else. So no, definitely. Absolutely. Definitely yeah. We've started to have warmer weather. Spring is on the way. And so I like to get up and walk on the beach. Oh, and lovely. It must be so it's, nice. It's so nice. And I, I love to walk in the fasted state. And, you know, after dinner, you know, when it when it starts to stay light later, I like to also take a little walk after dinner, but it feels very different. The walk it after does. dinner is like I feel heavier and I'm, it's more like walking some of that energy away. But in the fasted state, I feel like I could just walk forever. Exactly. In the morning, I feel like I can run 10 times faster than after dinner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're not, you're not um, carrying anything around. Absolutely. So you mentioned that, that you travel a lot with your flights. And so you go to work in the fasted state. How do you adapt what you do, you know, for changing time zones and and that sort of thing? In one way, intermittent fasting has been so good for this. So for example, I never really eat before a flight and I, and I've sort of, as time has gone on, I don't really like eating during the flight either. So So, for example, when we fly to the States, for example, there's a flight we do to Seattle. So from the UK time zone to Seattle, it's minus eight hours. So, for example, I did this flight a couple of months ago. And so we left London about 10 in the morning. But then the arrival time in Seattle was midday. So I didn't eat for the whole of the flight, which is quite normal. And then when we landed into Seattle, 11 o'clock, got downtown one o'clock and then I sort of opened my eating window then. So it's almost like I did a whole day fast and then it sort of kicked me into the correct time zone where I was able to have a small lunch and then dinner without feeling lugged down with all the food I may have eaten on the plane as well. So yeah, that's one way I do it. Well, that makes a lot of sense. I remember, gosh, years ago when I was on the Intermittent Fasting podcast with Melanie, we had a question about about traveling and uh, we we pulled up some research that they had done about fasting when traveling and the gist of it I don't have that right, right in front of me right now it's been a while since I read it but the gist of it was that fasting while you're traveling can really help with jet lag and it can help you adapt to the new time zone I think it really does it really does and also it's great for down days sometimes I sort of do alternate day fasting but not too often I sort of mix around with how I do my intermittent fasting. But for example, if I have a flight that goes forward in time, so for example, let's say I'm going to India or somewhere east, um, I won't eat on the flight. And when we arrive, it's the following day. So I've almost done a down day and then I can arrive into these countries and have my up day. It's a little bit easier because you lose a day's sleep. I don't have to worry about going to sleep on an empty stomach. Yeah, I think that's great. And so it, it helps you adjust to the time zone, whether you're traveling west or east. You exactly. just fast. Yes. When you get there, your window opens. Yes, exactly. And I feel like when I'm at work and I'm in the fastest state, it feels so much easier and I'm more and I'm really switched on. And you just yeah, you can focus all your time doing your job rather than thinking, Oh, I need to eat, need to do this, need to do that. 
and you don't have to you don't have to worry about yeah, eating. <laughs> it's so much yep. easier. The only thing that sometimes happens to me <laughs> if I'm traveling is motion sickness. That's that I would prefer to, to fly in the fasted state and travel in the fasted state. But I have suffered from motion sickness. I guess you don't get that at all. No, n- you knock wouldn't on be able wood, to knock on wood. I've never really experienced it on a plane. I used to years ago on boats, but no, no, never, never on a plane. <laughs> well, I for some reason I do. And it, you know, as I've gotten older, I don't know if it's gotten worse even. I think something with our inner ear. But when I was a little girl, I used to get car sick all the time. And I haven't been able to do rides, like roller coasters and all of that. So oh. sometimes when I'm flying, if it's a little rough, if there's turbulence, like when we land, like if I'm going somewhere, there's connecting flight, I'll be queasy and the I just need to eat. And that that's the only thing that's a bummer <laughs> for the traveling. But I'm glad that you don't experience that. No, Motion exactly. sickness is no fun. No, no. Although when you're a passenger like you are, that's one of the um, highlights of the trip is eating on the plane and having all that delicious food. Well, I don't know. Your your plane might have better food. I've never been on a plane where the food was like worse. Not really. <laughs> open your window. <laughs> no, no, never. Never have I been like, wow, this is great window worthy food. But does your airline have really good food, especially on the longer flights? I guess so. I know. I sort of stick away from it. Also being vegan right. as well, sort of, you don't really get a vegan meal on the plane unless you order one. And as a staff, you can't. So that's another reason why it's a little bit easier to not open my window on board. But it does always, always look very nice and it smells very nice and people look like they're enjoying it. But Well, that's good. They probably yeah. are. But yeah. I do remember back in the day before I was an intermittent faster that I did actually enjoy eating on the plane and at the airport and before the airport <laughs> all the time. Of the fun of traveling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But now I fast if I'm feeling good and it's only if I'm having motion sickness that I'll eat on my, you know, while I'm waiting because I usually pretty much everywhere I need to go, there's a, a flight, you know, we, we don't have a lot of direct flights. We always have to end up in Atlanta. Oh, I see. Yes. So I bet you've been in Atlanta a bunch of times. I've been a few times. I was there a few months ago, but since then, not for a long time, but I've been a few times. I've okay, done all so, the tourist things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we are, you know, of course, Atlanta is a big Delta hub. So I tend to fly Delta and um, we'll, we'll end up going through Atlanta and sitting there. I've spent hours in Atlanta. I bet. <laughs> People complain <laughs> about the Atlanta airport, but I really like it. It's huge from my memory. Really big airport. It is really big, but once you figure it out, it's super easy. And, you know, I've been in a lot of airports like Salt Lake City. Have you ever flown through Salt Lake City? I haven't. No, we don't fly there. (laughs) Okay. Well, Salt Lake City was like, felt as big as Atlanta, but you had to walk everywhere. So it was like forever walking from check-in to get to the terminal took forever. I'm like, where are we going? It's like 20 minutes of walking. I don't mind walking, but... In Atlanta, you just hop on that little, they call it the plane train now. You just hop on that and get your terminal and bam, there you are. Uh, Nice and easy. (laughs) It it really is. Once you figure it out, it's not that hard. So where's your favorite place to travel? I sort of like going all around, really. I love going to India, but I'm a bit biased because I was born there. My mum lives there. So it's a little bit like I feel like I'm going home. But everywhere is so different. So that's fantastic. Um, South Korea, uh, Seoul, that's a fantastic trip. Even... California on the uh, West Coast. It's also very nice. Los Angeles and San Diego. So everywhere's got somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. And every place, there's something different to see. It can feel so very different from what you're used to. Like when I went to Arizona for the first time, I was like, what? (laughs) This looks like I'm on the moon. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I've been to Phoenix as well, actually, just once. <laughs> I've flown into Phoenix twice now, going right. to Scottsdale. Oh, yeah. And it's it's beautiful. Once you get used to it, at first I was like, this is the most unusual landscape I've ever seen. You know, I'm such an East Coast it. girl. Yes. Also, where else? Philadelphia I used to go to loads of times. When I first joined, I used to go to Philadelphia maybe three or four times a month. And I used to look quite, yeah, I love that city as well. So, but as time goes on, we sort of change what we like. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. And, you know, there's always something new to explore. I just like to explore close to home. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I, the older I get, the more I'm like realized I'm a homebody, but. Your home sounds very nice, how you describe well, it. Well, I, I do love it. I love waking up at the beach. And, you know, today I watched the sunrise because I was awake at five, like I said. And oh, yes. I watched the sunrise over the ocean, and it was very, very pink today. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. It's lovely. You should take a picture every day and see how it changes. <laughs> that would be fun. I actually, you know, my younger son, Will, is a painter. Like, he likes to, he painting art, not like house painting. But he, we were at a, a he was taking some lessons at a place. They have a gallery and people show, they like sell their work, a lot of different painters. And there was one painter, she paints the sunrise different days. And there happened to be one for sale and it was July 23rd sunrise. And that's my birthday. Oh, wow. So I was like, well, that's genius. You should buy it. Because <laughs> the reason I bought it is because it was my birthday and the name of the painting was July 23rd sunrise. But it would be fascinating to take a picture every day. I should right, do that. See how it changes. <laughs> And how the sun moves and it's in a different location. Oh, exactly, exactly. It's amazing. What's the most interesting place you've ever been? Oh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I've got to say it's got to be either Seoul, what I said before, or Beijing, purely because it's so different from, you know, the West. <laughs> so yeah. different. Yes, I think both of those places, very interesting. So much to see as well. The Great Wall of China, that was um, amazing. See. Oh, I bet see. it was. It was. So many things to see. If I could just like no, pop really. over there. and I would like for them like on Star Trek when they had that you could beam over there. I don't know. If only it was yeah, that easy. Getting there is the part that's hard for me. But <laughs> once, once I'm anywhere, I like to be there. So is there anything you struggle with with intermittent fasting? I guess sometimes, like when I've said I'm at work and I'm fasting the whole day, sometimes that can be a little bit difficult. Uh, or the way, like the waiting to eat or being around others that are eating. But gradually it's got easier and easier. And I just stick to my black coffee and my water and I'm sort of, I just sort of get over it. Yeah. And a lot of it is just the emotional thought of they're all eating and I'm not. Mm. Or maybe right? or the other thing, maybe um, when you think it's awkward for them that you're not eating. Yeah. Yeah. It just goes, <laughs> just comes and goes, those thoughts. Do you feel like it is awkward for them or is that just kind of something we tell ourselves? I'm not sure, actually. Maybe um, maybe sometimes if they're eating maybe lots or if they're uh, having their full meal and they're like, why are you not eating? Why are you not eating? And I sort of say, first I say, oh, I'll be speaking, you know, there's, I'm vegan. There's nothing really on the menu. And then if they sort of probe a bit more, I say, well, actually, <laughs> I'm into right. plastic. That's a great way to handle it. And, you know, I just, I have not ever felt uncomfortable not eating. In front, I'm trying to think about, I'm thinking about it. Have I ever, only when people are pushy and weird <laughs> yeah, about exactly. it, like it what's wrong with you? If, if they're rude about it, that's uncomfortable. Cause I, I don't like conflict with people, but as long as they're, you know, not, then it's, it's been, it's been no problem. 
So when you tell people that you're fasting, do you find that they're mostly receptive? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Sometimes um, people ask and they say, oh, I've tried that, but not not our way, not the clean way. But they've mm-hmm. tried it and done it for some time. Or they ask a bit more about it and I sort of explain it to them and even try and refer them to you and your book. And I say, there's this great podcast you should listen to. <laughs> yeah. Try and sell it that way. That's me too. Like last night, Chad and I went to a, a local place that's close to our house. We walked to it. It's Chimichanga Llama and they have great margaritas. So we went and we were having margaritas and yeah, opening our window, maybe not the best way, but it was delicious. <laughs> it was a beautiful spring day. And there were some some guys, some, three guys, their friends sitting beside us at the bar. And I heard one of the guys say, I'm going to start keto again. Like, you know, my ears perk up. And I'm like, how about instead you could do fasting? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, well, and then the other guy was like, I don't know. And so then we started talking about it. And, um, you know, we're here in South Carolina. And a couple years ago, I interviewed a football player who played football for the University of South Carolina. I don't know if you heard that when Langston sure. Moore was his name. It's been a while, but he played for the University of South Carolina. And I couldn't remember his last name, but we're sitting there and the one guy that seemed a little more interested in fasting I was like, you know, I interviewed someone who played football for the University of South Carolina. His name was Langston something. I can't remember what. And he said Langston Moore. And I'm like, yep. (laughs) And so then he searched for it and he found it. He's like, I am going to listen. So my point to that story was when someone feels like they are, you know, uncertain, having somebody they can listen to on a podcast can really help. Like listening to Langston Moore got this guy interested or you could have them listen to some of the the experts that that I, I've talked to, some of the scientists, you know, like um, like Mark Matson from MIT. Yes, I've listened to that one. <laughs> That's a good one. He, I, I was so grateful to get to talk to him because he's so knowledgeable about intermittent fasting. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, it's quite funny because I was thinking after I emailed you the first time, I thought, I wonder if I'm the first, you know, flight attendant cabin crew to do the intermittent fasting podcast. And then I found one of your podcast with a flight attendant. So I thought, oh, great. I'm not the only one that does it. <laughs> yeah. And I can't even remember that, that it feels terrible to say, but when I'm having a conversation, like right now I'm talking to you, we're talking and you know, you're number 296. There's so many. And I don't listen to them again after I record them. So People are like, who was the person that's, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't remember. No, you can't <laughs> remember that many people. No, but it's Roxy in our community, Roxy always knows. Roxy is some, I've had her on the podcast and, but she's, she's part of the, the Delay Don't Tonight community. But if people are like, who was the person who, and she, I'm like, I don't know, Roxy, you tell them. And Roxy's like, that was blah, blah, blah. She always knows. Wow. <laughs> she's, she's amazing. But I'm like, I have no idea. And people are like, what did you say? I'm like, I don't know <laughs> what I said. <laughs> oh, wow. It's amazing. So many people tell their stories. It's, it's, it's fantastic. Well, I, I love to talk to people, but again, like I said, I talk to people everywhere I go, whether I'm at the Chimichanga Llama or <laughs> here on the podcast, because I believe that intermittent fasting could just really change lives, like like you're learning now at the age of 25. Hmm. So I feel almost like we owe it to people to tell them. Exactly, exactly, because that's one of the reasons I wanted to email you and come on, because I think if maybe there's other young people hearing it or just getting it around that, you know, it's great to start young and then you'll never, never look back. 
<laughs> yeah. And if everybody just started dabbling in it at the age of, in their 20s <laughs> and and could see how you could make it into a flexible lifestyle, you know, just think of how that changes our entire health trajectory. Exactly, exactly. There'd be so much less illness, you know, 20 years from now, 30 years from now. And it would just, yeah, be great for everyone's lifestyle. Absolutely. So are there any other of your crew that you travel with that have adopted intermittent fasting? You know, I flew with one lady who was doing it. And um, she was, I think she was doing like an ADF sort of approach. I didn't really speak to her too much about it, but um, I heard her when we were all meeting before the flight, she said, oh, um, I'm going to do my fast today. I, and I said, oh, why don't you do it tomorrow? Because it's a shorter day because of the time difference. And she said, oh, okay, I'll do it tomorrow. But she was, um, yeah, she was doing an ADF, and but a 500-calorie down day, that was it. Okay. So, yeah, that's the um, one person. And, yeah, another person who's actually a neighbor of mine as well. We fly together sometimes. And I sent her your podcast and I think a link to your book. I'm not sure if she bought it or not. And um, she did it for some time, but I'm not sure whether she stuck to it. But if people are half interested, I try and push them. <laughs> push them well, in the other right direction. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Because I really feel like it could be something that, you know, once you figure out the way to make it work for you, you know, we say tweak it till it's easy. But once it feels easy, it just really does. It is, it is. It's, it's the easiest thing ever. Like I've never really had to diet as such, luckily, but I feel that this is, um, it doesn't even feel like a diet, like we were saying it isn't, but um, it's, it's just fantastic. Yeah, I figured you probably hadn't, that you probably didn't have a long diet, diet history. <laughs> yeah, but I just have so how, you know, how well I feel every day and, and it's just, and at work and at any time, really, it's just, it's just so much easier. For example, I remember before I used to fast, I used to drive to work, and on the way to work, I used to eat, you know, two free apples, rice cakes, and just snacks all the way. And now I just don't, you know, eat anything, obviously. And I just drive to work; it feels so much quicker, so much easier. Yeah, you don't have to fool with having all that food and the snacks. Exactly, exactly, and it makes it for a cleaner car as well. So everyone, everyone wins. That is so true. I remember, like, just just like you said, driving to work. You know, I didn't have as long of a commute as you, but I lived in Augusta and drove out to Columbia County, so it was you know twenty twenty five minutes or so. But I would eat in the car, then I would eat on the way home, and there were there was always trash. Yes. Yeah. Exactly crumbs and trash and spare french fries under the seat (laughs) exactly for another day (laughs) but it does definitely makes for a cleaner car although sometimes i might spill a little coffee that's the worst worst no definitely not so i bet you haven't had any any health issues then so have you had any positive changes to your health that you can pinpoint yeah i guess so so being a runner i've always found that some and this is a bit odd but some of my toenails they don't they didn't used to grow very well, but since uh, intermittent fasting, that's all. Um, well, my toes have got nails. That's that's fantastic, and just being really so um, so switched on, really, and um, so there. The mental clarity. Exactly the mental clarity. That's um, that's been such a great victory. I've always slept well, but I feel that more so now. I'm sleeping so so great. That's really good. The toenails, that's such a, I'm like, if I heard that, I mean, I know I've heard toenail victories before, but I never thought about, because you know, I'm not a runner. I've never yeah. been a runner. I never thought about how running would affect your toenails. So like your toenails would, would, would come off. 
not come off, but maybe just not like the small toenail. Okay. <laughs> maybe okay. not just grow, grow very well. Okay. From the chafing in your shoe. Exactly. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe the moisture in that, that sort of. Okay. But yeah, now yeah, your toenails yeah. are, are back to normal. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> it's all these things that just are always just amazing to hear when people say, it's like, I never would have thought of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I've heard a couple of episodes where people said about toenails. And I thought, yeah, oh, they have. As well. yeah. <laughs> like toenail fungus is one I've heard oh, I before. See, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't, you know, people, women who get a lot of pedicures will sometimes pick up. I mean, I guess men can also pick up toenail fungus, but it, it seems to be something very common. If you get a lot of pedicures, you're more likely to, to get toenail fungus and it can be really hard to get rid of from what I understand. I bet. Unless you're intermittent fast. That's right. <laughs> that's, that, that helps. And so <laughs> I just don't like to go get pedicures now after hearing about no, that. I bet. <laughs> but also when I was obese, I couldn't paint my own toenails. So I had to go get pedicures. Now I can do it myself. So that's another another victory. Any other non-scale victories that you can identify? One victory, well, I guess from listening to your podcast was reading your book, Cleanish. So I guess in some ways that was, it was a great avenue for, um, for you know, listening to Cleanish. It was my first book I downloaded from Audible. Oh, yeah. So now, now I'm a bit obsessed. <laughs> I love Audible, I know. And I always said that I wasn't someone who liked to listen to things, but now I do. And, you know, I got, it's because I got the Audible membership and then, you know, you get your credits. I'm like, all right, what am I going to listen to next? Exactly. (laughs) Every month it's all, what book next? What book next? So your your book was fantastic. All through the summer, I was listening to your book while walking and I just learned so much. It was, it was fantastic. Have you ever heard me talk about that I had COVID the whole time I recorded that book? Yeah, I have actually. Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell? Does this? No, I didn't listen? think so. I didn't think well, so. <laughs> it was a grueling experience. I was, I had a high fever the whole time. Wow. And they were, you know, I was recording with um, on on a platform like like this one where we're recording today with the um, somewhat two people from New York, a editor and. A, I can't remember what the other the other title was, but anyway, they would be like, "All right, you got to say that again. You sounded bad." <laughs> I would read it again. I'm like, "Why did I write so many big words?" Uh, <laughs> it was a hard book to read. Let me just I say, but it took forever as well. It took forever, and we, you know, I had to take breaks because I was sick. <laughs> uh, but I got it done. But I'm glad it didn't come through. No, I didn't think to so, the listener. So. What no. did you take away from Cleanish? I'm glad that you brought that up because I, I love that book. And, you know, it doesn't sell as well as Fast, Feast, Repeat, but it's, it's a steady seller. And, yeah, I and I love when someone loves it. Tell me what you took away from that. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500 500. 
Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. I guess it's hard to remember everything, so it's such a big book. But it is. I think um, how you're talking about the you know the chemicals that are in ordinary food and vegetables that I had no idea about, and um, just little things I keep remembering, and like uh, body products as well. I think when you talk about the the, um, the added chemicals in in these and the items that you think or have a very cleanish name, but they're not at all cleanish. Yeah, that is so true. Did you make changes in your products? A little bit, yeah. Also, that's one thing I remember, um, having a bamboo chopping board <laughs> oh, yeah. and not plastic. So definitely that was that was one thing. But no, yeah. Yeah, I did make some changes, trying to buy organic when you can and just having a realisation of the, you know, in the States, the um, the food that they're allowed to sell is have, has a lot more chemicals than here in the EU, in the UK. It's true. And even things that you might not think about, like water, you know, I don't know if you've heard me talk about, I don't know if it's come up on the podcast yet, the ones that have been released as of our recording date, but I was struggling with shoulder pain and I was thinking it might be related to inflammation from dairy because it got better. But then I was like, what else changed when we moved here? And I started drinking different water because we have in Augusta, we had a big water, we would get filtered water and and a big dispenser and it would be chilled or hot. And I I loved that. But when we moved here, there wasn't room for that. And so I just started, I had a fridge that dispensed water through the door and that's, you know, that's filtered, right? But it's not as filtered as, as, you know, it doesn't remove everything. So I realized that when I moved here, I started drinking different water and I have since bought a water pitcher that filters the water, like, great. It takes out, like, all the junk. And my shoulder has completely stopped hurting. Oh, wow. That's I know. amazing. That's so amazing. I don't know what it might be, you know. I did some looking. Apparently, if it, if you have extra fluorinated, a lot of fluoride in your water, okay. it can mimic arthritis symptoms. I, you know, I don't know. It's hard to find. There's a lot, the jury is out on some of that, but well, I see. changing yeah. the water, I am, I do not have the achiness anymore. Well, that's fantastic. I know I've it. Because i podcast now where you think it's dairy. Uh, right, <laughs> right. That's what's coming so well, like, no, fast forward. I, so. <laughs> I realized it wasn't, you know, because I ex- kept yeah. experimenting and I'm like, what else could be different? You know, and there's periods of time where I'm drinking more bottled water versus whatever, but I brew my coffee with the filtered water. I am drinking yeah. the filtered water, and my shoulder feels perfect. Anyway, oh, I'm super glad it's not dairy. <laughs> no, definitely. <laughs> but again, I was like, you know, what else changed? People were like, was it your mattress? Was it? I'm like, no, it's the same mattress. It's the same everything. But water was the one thing that I could put a finger on. And just it just goes to show, I mean, will I ever know for sure? It's hard to say, but trial and error. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Was it hard to make changes in, in what you were doing with your products after reading Cleanish? Uh, not necessarily. It was a good push, really. I th- it was um, no. I think it was quite easy to change the things I did, and um, sort of being vegetarian, vegan as well. You can spend more money on the organic veg and fruit, and you just make such a so it makes such a big difference. The biggest, 
I guess, criticism people have after reading Cleanish is that it feels overwhelming. Mm. I guess it's a good book to have on paper because then you can re- go back and refer to it. Yeah. All the different chapters. But right. the the key is that you don't have to change everything no. at once, you know, but first, you know, is awareness. Hmm. Exactly. It's just great to be aware of all these things. And when you need to change things or you have the ability to change things, you can and you have the information. Exactly. And you don't have to change more than you're ready for. Every little change that you make makes a difference. Exactly. Yes. And then from, I so I read Cleanish and then I read one of Jason Fung's books. I think, yeah, The Obesity Code. Oh, that's a good one, isn't it? It was, it was. A lot more um, a lot more words, though. <laughs> a lot, I just keep rewinding and listening to it again and again. From what I understand, people say the audio version of that is easier to, to get through for some people than yeah. the than the, the paperback because it is it's so much information but you're right when you when you hear it though it almost makes you mad mm, definitely definitely it was um, all the, the bad information that we've gotten over the years exactly exactly and but thank, thank goodness now we're learning that it is bad information and how we can you know, we can change our lifestyles going forward it's true and and we we all owe Jason Fung a lot for putting putting it out there. Cause if he had not written the obesity code where he talked about the role of insulin, I, I don't know. I, I never would have, con- well, I'm not going to say I never would have, but it would have taken me a lot longer to connect those dots. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And the clean fast just changed everything. Oh yes. Yeah. The clean fast is the best. Yep. So you, you stick to black coffee, plain water. Are you a tea drinker at all? Yes, I do. So but it's always black coffee in the morning, obviously, when I'm fasting. And then I don't like black tea. It sort of gives me a headache. So I have to have it with milk. But that's okay. obviously during my eating, eating window. window. Yeah. Yes. Well, I know that in the UK, tea is a very important part of your life. It is. It is. <laughs> but now it's a special occasion because I can't drink it from seven in the morning till, <laughs> till 10 at night. So now I have a couple of cups in the afternoon, evening. And yeah, that's that's it really. During your sometimes I have it black, but no, usually it gives me a bit of a headache, so I just have black coffee. That's so interesting. I wonder what what part of it gives you a headache. Not sure. It just seems really strong. Maybe I brew it for too long. It could be. Uh, (laughs) I can't drink tea. It makes my stomach hurt. Ah. Any tea at all? Well, green tea makes me really queasy. From what I understand, it's something to do with the tannins and. And you ha- you might have to like build up to them, but I, I'm one of the few Southern people that I know that doesn't like tea. Like most people are brought up on sweet tea around oh, here, of course, yeah, yeah, and they yeah. just drink it all the time. But I've never liked tea. Oh, interesting. Have you ever tried green tea cold? I don't know if I've had it cold. I know wow. I've had it hot, and it made me queasy. Yeah, I can only drink it cold. So sometimes I put it in a bottle of water and let it go green okay. <laughs> and I drink it like that. And that's the only way I can really drink it. It doesn't make ice. you, does it make you queasy if you no, drink it, it hot? Doesn't. It okay. doesn't. And um, hot, I feel it makes me more queasy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was like, I should try that. And I'm like, no, I don't need to try. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm just, I got my routine down. I'm drinking my Topo Chico right now. Oh yes. yes. It's super bubbly. And I had my, also my black coffee that I finished while we've been recording. Oh, very nice. <laughs> We don't have Topo Chico in the UK, so next time I come to the States, I'm going to have to look for it. <laughs> you need to make sure you get it in the glass bottle. Okay. Because it's fizzier in the glass bottle 
than in the plastic bottle. And of course, obviously, I, I do think that glass bottles are preferred, cleanish wise, but I'll drink something in a plastic bottle if that's all there is. It can be hard to find sparkling water when traveling. Yeah, that's that's right. That's right. Especially in the um yeah, in the UK is not as common when you try when you're traveling. But if you ever go to Germany, it's more common for sparkling water. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, it's um yeah, mostly mostly sparkling water, very little still. <laughs> See, because I'm always looking for it when I'm traveling. Because, you know, I mentioned that I get motion sickness. And sparkling water helps with motion sickness. I feel fine if I can find sparkling water. That helps a lot. But, you know, they don't let us carry things on. So, like, if I could just fill my purse up with, you know, San Pellegrino, I'd be fine. But you can't take that through security. So, I'll get into the airport. And I'm like, all right, now i got to find some sparkling water. And it's just kind of like I'm never certain that I'm going to be able to find it. Like the airport here in Myrtle Beach. Sometimes we can find it. Sometimes we can't. Oh, that's a shame. That's a shame. Yeah, it really is. You can always go get club soda at like a bar, but it's still not quite the same. No, it's a little bit different club soda, isn't it? It doesn't have the same kick. No, it doesn't. And then you're like, you know, you're carrying it. You can't put a cap on it because it's, you know, in a cup. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So (laughs) everybody at the airports, listen up. Get plain sparkling water and have it. (laughs) Yeah, it makes such a difference. Mm, definitely, definitely. So have your tastes in food changed at all? I know you said that you, you were vegan-ish before and you still are, but have have you found anything surprising about your taste in food? Sort of, yes. I've sort of – so although I don't have breakfast at breakfast time, I do like my breakfast meal. And I used to just have plain old soya yogurt, but I've sort of gone up the chain a bit now and I get a really nice coconut yogurt. Oh. And now I just couldn't go back to the soya <laughs> the soya stuff. So I guess that's a bit of a change. And um, so – but not much has changed apart from – Apart from that, I look for better quality now because I guess because I'm only having one you know, one big meal and then snack during my day, I can sort of spend more on the, on the food I'm having and I get a really nice, good quality meal. That's the way I feel about it too. It's like, you know, if I am delaying my eating window, I'm going to eat the best quality food that I, that I can, even if it costs a little more. I, yeah, because I'm not spending the money on the other meals. Are y'all having an egg shortage over there like we're having over here? We're having a shortage of everything, really. In the last couple of weeks, we're having shortage of salad and tomatoes. Oh, no. Yeah, so they can't get it from Europe to us. So now in, in it's like going back in COVID times. You go to the shops and the salad department's empty. And there are these signs saying you can only have a maximum of free salad products <laughs> per person. Oh, gosh. Yeah. It's here it's eggs. We're having trouble with eggs, but for whatever reason, like organic eggs have been cheaper than regular eggs oh, in, wow. in some occasions. So Chad, who likes to save a dollar, <laughs> he's finally buying. I'm like, look, you're buying organic eggs. I'm so excited. Thank you. He's like, yeah, they were cheaper. They're I'm cheap. like, okay, well. <laughs> uh, I guess I everyone wins. Next time. Yeah. <laughs> Even if they're not cheaper, but, you know, it's it can be tricky when someone else is doing some of the shopping. Oh, true, true. <laughs> we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? So I know everyone says this, but I think the clean fast from day one, that's probably the best, the best thing. Do some research. But don't do too much research because especially on YouTube and things, there's a lot of 
conflicting information and people talking about it that aren't necessarily qualified to talk about it. That's really good info. And let me jump in there for just a minute. You're right. You know, there was somebody in my community the other day and she has been, you start to learn about something and then you want to learn more about it. So you just look for everything you can find. And she was reading some book about autophagy. I don't know who wrote it. I don't know anything about it. But the premise of whatever she was reading said that you will not have autophagy unless you do keto. (laughs) I'm like, that's not true. (laughs) You do not have to do keto to have autophagy. And you can get such conflicting information that now, like, you can literally read the opposite of anything or or in a YouTube video. Exactly. And like you mentioned, sometimes it's so easy for people to publish a book with direct publishing. There's so much crazy stuff out there. It's true. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So, so really, I feel like once you're really solid in the intermittent fasting lifestyle and you found and you you really understand what makes you feel good, then you can start venturing out and you can you know read other things and you can discard what you know isn't true for you. Mm. That's so true, actually, because now more than ever, I go on YouTube and there's different suggested videos about intermittent fasting, and I listen to things and think that's not right. That's not right. Right. Like there was one guy, he was a big influencer back when I had Facebook groups. He had lots and lots of YouTube videos. He probably still does, but people are not always trying to share them anymore, but like they were on Facebook. But he always said things like he had you drinking this cocktail of something that included, I think, stevia and lemon juice, and it was part of the fast. And then he also always said, it's really hard to get to 16 hours. 16 hours is the most you should do or something. And I'm like, well, we all know why it's hard because you're drinking that lemon and (laughs) that cocktail. Maybe if you fasted clean, it would not be hard. But people would come in all the time and they're like, try to share the videos. They're like, you know, I want to drink this, whatever it is. And we're like, no, don't do that. But it would make people really confused. Yeah. And I would say start young. (laughs) Yeah. And then you'll never look back. And for those who have kids, tell them to start. <laughs> What's the saying? The best time to plant a tree was 50 years ago. The second best time is today. The same oh, yeah. with fasting. The best time to start intermittent fasting is when you're a young adult. And the second best time is today, whatever that is. Or yesterday. <laughs> or yesterday, exactly. Well, Kit, it has been great to talk to you. I love that you're you're in it from from early years and that you're making it work for your your traveling. And I know that will give other people some ideas as well. I hope it does. Yes. Thank you so much, Jen. It's been great talking to you and you've really changed a lot of people's lives. Well, I'm really grateful for the opportunity to do this work. And sometimes I just can't really believe, you know, the me from 10 years ago would probably never have believed what today would bring. But I'm so grateful to get to spread this message and, and bring the message out into the world. And really, it's all of y'all that are listening. You, Kit, everyone else who's listening. You know, we are changing the world one friend at a time, you know, by sharing. Like that that person who shared it with you, even though she was doing her apple cider vinegar thing, she told you about it and it got you interested. Exactly. It sent me down the avenue. Exactly. <laughs> you know, share share without fear, right? And, you know, people that are ready to receive it will receive it. And if they're not, that's okay too. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, 
I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. Save on Cox Internet when you add Cox Mobile and get fiber-powered internet at home and unbeatable 5G reliability on the go. So whether you're playing a game at home yes, cool. or attending one live, no! you can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at cox.com slash internet. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5G reliability as measured by Ookla LLC in the U.S. to H2023. Results may vary, not an endorsement. Other restrictions apply.